Hi, I'm Connor. And I'm Jeremy. We're the hosts of an upcoming limited series, The Legend of Zelda Games Club, on patreon.com slash superNPCradio. We love the Zelda series to heart pieces. So throughout the year, we'll be covering the mainline Zelda games starting in April, running all the way through November. Subscribers at the $10 DJ Toad tier over at patreon.com slash superNPCradio will get an episode twice a month with some of the best Zoras, Hillians, and Dekus around. Not only are we covering the entire mainline series, but we'll also be going over or other Zelda topics along the way. That naughty little tingle might even sneak an episode for free every now and then. We can't stop him. We've tried. Want a deep dive on the hookshot? It's coming. Fascinated by Zelda clones? We're covering them. Always dreamed of a Zelda space solace? Well now, my Goron brother, it's happening. Check us out at patreon.com slash supernpcradio and subscribe at the $10 DJ Toad tier. We've got a ton of fun in store this year as we explore Hyrule, Termina, Koholint Island, and more. And don't forget, it's, it's dangerous, dangerous to, to go, go alone. alone. Take, Take us! us. Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to talk about a video game that is special to them from their past. On the show, we talk as much about what made playing the game special and what our guest loves about it, as we will about the context around how they fell in love with the game for the first time. At least that's the goal. We try to get about a 50-50, but it depends on their experience. And that's part of the fun of finding out. A little housekeeping before we really dive in too deep uh, is that you can check us out on social media. And I highly encourage you to engage with us there uh, because we are on Instagram at Call Me By Your Game Pod. And we're on Twitter at Call Me By Your Game. But just the one Y. So B Y O U R. You can see uh, what we have going on, not only with the show, but sometimes other things on our podcast network at Super NPC Radio. You can see our wonderful guests for the week, the episodes that are dropping, uh, and the beautiful art that I make for each episode. Um, you can also support us by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, uh, which uh, really does a lot to help our visibility and uh, help more people find us and hopefully, you know, hear someone share about a game that's special to them. Um, maybe share what you love about this episode today, because our guest and this game are going to be fantastic. Uh, you can also share the show with a friend, whether they love games in general, or if they love this particular game today. And you can also support us on Patreon, which I'm sure you've heard an ad for already, or will be doing in the middle of the show. We're, of course, at patreon.com slash superNPCradio. And, of course, if you're a big Legend of Zelda fan... We're doing a huge Legend of Zelda Games Club this year um, at our $10 DJ Toad tier. So if you love Zelda, check it out. That's it for the housekeeping. Now, I'll introduce our wonderful guest for today. Please welcome actor, writer, and zombie defeater, Ibanda Ruhumbika. Welcome to the show. What's going on, man? How you doing? 
I am hanging in. Uh, it's it's great to see you uh, as always. Um, even though it's been a while, but as I miss our little um little cafe Sunday cafe hangs, little ten minute meetings. I <laughs> I'm sure you knew I was thinking about that too. Yeah, uh, which we got to do for about six months. I would run into you on Sunday nights at the now. You know the now uh, defunct. Yeah, you got to pour sunset. some out for your homies. You know, a little take a forty. Pour some out for the um the UCB, but yeah, I I enjoyed our little ten minute meetings. You know, it was like you. I feel like you were one of the first people I met at UCB actually, because I yeah. wasn't you know like really involved in the LA theater for that long. Totally, I remember meeting you specifically after that first uh uh like fall teams meeting. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Like, you may have been. I don't know if you were standing with Rob or. Lily or who you were with and then you came with your team yes and then like everyone had done the introductions and so I remember like you know obviously you're in the Herald team and I was like it was like one of those like high school moments where like y'all might as well have been wearing like fucking Letterman jackets (laughs) yes and I'm just like you know hadn't met anybody in town yet and I'm just like oh hey you know what I mean you know say had hate everyone to shit (laughs) I'm so glad you felt like that because I do remember when that happened I was so excited and eager that I remember when they were like you know go around and they would say the old team's name before you'd say the team name you chose and they I think I didn't know how it was supposed to go, but they called on us pretty early and I felt like my voice cracked and I was like, jet set. Uh, and so I'm glad that you remember me as being like uh, a, a cool version of that. So that, that means a lot. Thank you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but you, had you moved from New York? Can you remind me? Yeah, I was in, so I moved to LA September, 2019. And then I yes. was in New York for 11 years before that. Wow. Oh my goodness. Are you from New York as well? Nope, grew up in Athens, Georgia, but decided to get the hell out of there when I was 18. And so, yeah. so pretty much right after high school, yeah, I moved um, to New York and then obviously there for a while and kind of, I feel like, got tired of freezing during the yes, winter. that happens. You know? My first um, winter out here, I was like walking around, it was like November, December or something, and it was like 60 degrees. Mm-hmm. I was walking <laughs> outside and I was just like, man, you mean to tell me? I could just live like this. I don't have to be depressed <laughs> for half the year. I don't this, like you can remove that as an option. Yes. It's like, you know, I've heard about this on, uh, you know, movies and and on TV. But wow, this weather sure is nice. It was just wild because, you know, my entire adult life was in New York. And so I was just used to yeah. brutal winters. And then that's it's a like, long time too. you really get yeah. acclimated for 11 years in a place. Like, I'm Man. sure if if you end up staying out here for a while, too, you're going to uh, likely, like many people, um, find that you become acclimated to this and then going to a colder environment, at least oh, for me, has like been shocking. Yeah. I feel like a chump. Like, you know, I when I when right before I moved out here, I had a bunch of sweaters I had collected over, you know, the mm-hmm. years in New York. I'm like, my sweater game was real nice. Oh, um, nice. But moving out here, I moved out here sort of suddenly. Um I could pretty much move the last day before Harold auditions because I was like, well, if you're going, you might as well just go and audition. Um, totally. But, so I left all of my sweaters in like this Tupperware in my sister's place because um, <laughs> she lives in New York as well. Uh, and then I came out here and then was just freezing my ass off during the yeah. fall and the winter, but refused to buy more sweaters. Yes. On general principle. I was like, you have like 30 sweaters. In a fucking Tupperware, you're not going to... And now, you know, I thought I was going to get them last summer. 
yes. in New York because I was going to be there like three or four times. And oh, you know, and I miss those. I miss those bad boys. Dang. Uh, I hope you're. I hope all of your sweaters are doing well. I also imagining this either being the largest Tupperware I've ever seen, or it's like the the tiniest sweaters I've ever seen. Oh it's no, it's a, it's, a, it's a big boy. It's a big boy. Oh, um, nice. The Target grab one of those like ones you can like throw a body in or like something. A big like tub. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll keep that in mind if I ever go down that road. Um, the sweater well, road or the body road? You know. Uh, I'll leave that up for interpretation. I don't really want to give away any any leads on the show here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if I haven't made it obvious already, you and I know each other, like I do most of my guests, through the uh, Los Angeles uh, UCB theater, the mm-hmm. comedy scene. Um, you are a, a – and we got to do a little improv together in those six months because you would come and and were kind enough to come do mock improv with us a handful yeah, of times time on Thursdays. Yeah. And I strategically would put you on my team occasionally so we'd get those moments. But you're a wonderful improviser. You're obviously uh, a great actor. You're oh, a very talented you. dude. But um, I would love to leave some space open for you to share anything about yourself that you'd like the listeners to know if they don't uh, know you super well already. Uh, let's see. Well, you know, I am an actor, so I, I do the acting thing. Um, you nailed it, Connor. You're crushing it. <laughs> yeah, you fucking did. Uh, <laughs> I also am a writer, so I've been like, you know, writing some things here and there. I love it. Um, directing as well. Like, been getting Whoa. into that a lot this past year. So, um, it's nice to, uh, I've been like expanding my camera kit like more and more the past year and some change. And so, it's Way nice to, to be able to film some things with other people at this point. I'm very excited about like, you know, um, doing all that stuff. Um, Congrats. Thanks, man. It's, it's time. It's, I've spent like, you know, so much time watching YouTube tutorials and all that stuff. But um, yes. let's see. Actor, writer, director. That's it. I mean, I'm a musician as well, but I feel like these days I'm mostly doing like the acting and the writing stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, social media. It's just my name. Ibanda, I-B-A-N-D-A on Instagram and Twitter. And Beautiful. Yeah, I got my uh, Instagram handle from a Mexican teenager several Whoa. years ago. Yeah, how'd you work was, that out? Well, my my <laughs> my handle used to be Ibanda Tuba, and okay. then at the time, this is like 2014, 2015. These I'm like the, the musician days. Yeah, yeah, but I was I like, I already knew back then. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be doing more than just music shit. So, <laughs> um, I looked up, you know, the handle Ibanda, and it was this kid named Israel Banda. Who had oh. the handle? Um, and then I slid into the DMs before that was like a really popular thing, and I was just wow. like messaging him for a few weeks, like trying to convince him to like give me yes. this Instagram handle. I'm like, it's my name, dude. Um, so <laughs> I I ended up like just PayPaling him a hundred dollars, and then whoa, I got the name. Yeah, congratulations. I'm I'm glad that that seems like a that seems like that went pretty well. Uh, I've never had to uh, go about requesting uh uh something like that but it seems like you you came out even in that yeah yeah no i mean i yeah well worth the hundred dollars i love it um very very cool uh well i'll like i said before the show i'll include a link in the show notes if people want to check out your social media and follow you and support you um lastly before we talk about 
Uh, before actually, I'll read some, a couple of reviews uh, noise, that we've gotten noise. recently, which haven't done that in a while. Um, is there anything that you are um, looking forward to for yourself coming up, or that you've been doing that's been you know fun and exciting for you? Uh, uh, I mean, looking forward to in general being back out in uh, Gen Pop and the general population Won't and whatnot. But uh, in March, I shot. I went back to um, New York for about a week and shot a bunch of digital shorts with Comedy Central. So those should be coming oh. out like the next like few weeks ish. I think they're releasing. Congratulations! Like, yeah, it was fun. It was. I was. Um. Yeah, it just kind of came up out of the blue. I was like doing this um showcase with CBS, and like right after that ended, ended up doing this thing. So it was like we did a production bubble. So it was just great to like be around people, and they like rented totally. out this little you know area of a hotel, and we just stayed there for like a week and just made a bunch of sketches and shit so um yeah so wow. that that should be coming out i feel like the next like couple of weeks they should just be rolling those out so yeah amazing uh i'm i assume you might be sharing that on your social media as well i will i will I okay will. cool so just in case it doesn't come out by the time this episode uh drops and i don't have the chance to put it in the show notes um uh listeners check out Ibanda's social media and and we'll see that well that's really cool dude congratulations thanks man um, thanks uh so what we're gonna do now is like i said gonna read a few reviews because like i i try to encourage as you already heard me on the top of the show asking people to do exactly that um and so i'm gonna read a few fun reviews that we've gotten uh i know who a few of these are from and one i have no idea uh, but they're fun. So first uh, is the, is from Jake and Mike VGS. This is from Jake Sprague and my friend Mike Steele, who was just on an episode with us. And the title of the review is Connor would make a good father to a single mother. And the review reads, <laughs> you all know I'm right. I've never been more confident about anything in my entire life. This is a fact, an indisputable fact. It's one of the funniest reviews I've ever read. And you know, uh, if I if I was a random person reading that review, I would be like, "This tells me nothing about the show." But I want to know more about this Connor guy. Thank so you. in turn, you would listen to the show, and then so it's great review. Ah, oh, I love it. I'm glad that you're on board with that too. Um, the next review I'll read uh, is from D Stewie. So thank you. Also thank you, Jake and Mike. Uh, it's titled "Excellent All Around." Besides Connor's voice being ASMR worthy, the actual content of the show is a great balance of sincere and very witty and entertaining. Solid mix of games are discussed, in parentheses, even my personal favorite Madeline game. Like, what? So, we recently had a good friend of the show, Allie Jennings, on to discuss uh, Madeline's European Adventures, a, a PC game from mm. like 1994. Uh, mm -hmm. I want to say maybe it was 96, but... That's what that was from. And lastly, um, is from the wonderful Paige Elson, who's also been a guest on the show before, um, says, I love this. Love the earnest nostalgia of the show. Connor is an amazing host and creates such a warm environment, but infuses it with humor and charm. It reminds me of all the games I used to love and inspires me to play them again. Uh, so some very sweet reviews. Thank you, Paige, D. Stewie. And Jake and Mike, uh, I feel like after reading those, I'm like, it sounds like I'm just uh, bragging about myself, but I'm like, no, I no, want to. What are you gonna do? To come, like, come on here and like read the one review of some random person that's like, you know, I don't, I don't like 
his mustache. <laughs> it's like not even about the podcast or something. How do you know? Like, How do you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's an audio, audio medium. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think people can tell. So that that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, well, thank you for being along with me on that ride, Ibanda. Um, and thank you again, listeners, for writing in. If you write a review and it's not bigoted or rude, I'll read it on the show. How about that? So continue to do that, guess. Um, but now let's shift the focus back from me to you, my friend. Uh, and let's get into your history with video games in general. Um, so I want to start from the beginning. Do you remember when you took like an interest in video games for the first time? Yeah. So I'm the last of four kids, uh, like my sister oldest and then three boys and they're pretty much three or four years between each one of us so like my brother right above me four years older than me next brother like seven years older than me seven eight years older than me um and i feel like i don't really remember a time when i was where video games weren't like sort of around to some degree because you know my brother is you know eight years older than me so it's like by the time i'm like you know, four or five or whatever. He's like, you know, a teenager. Um, yeah. And so, um, yeah, they were just constantly around. And I remember, I think the very first system that we kind of had, I think someone gave us like a NES for, um, nice. yeah. And like the shittiest games on it though, it was like <laughs> bionic commando. Okay. You, you yeah. And that game I is fucking impossible. It's impossible. Yes. And so I get like, we gave up on it like after like an hour or two. And it was like that and like Battletoads or something like that. Oh, another um, like, re- I've never played it, but another relentlessly yeah. difficult game, which so, I think if you play two player, if I remember correctly, there's actually like a glitch in the game where you can't beat it or something mm. like that. It's it's something like that. So yeah, NES notoriously hard. Um, Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no, 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 man. Um, No, so, so pretty much video games were always around. Both of my brothers are really good at video games. Okay. Um, like my brother, the brother right above me, like he was even for a while, like going to Super Smash Brothers tournaments and stuff Whoa. like, you know, yeah. So he's like really, you know, um, he kind of kept up the video game vibe. But then even my older brother also really good at video games. So I think after the NES, we had like, a, you know, we had like the um, Sega and the Super nice. Nintendo and like, you know, so like Mario's big, big, big for us and like Sonic and all yeah. this stuff. And um, I was just constantly getting my ass beat by my brothers. <laughs> Pretty much that was like the majority of my video game experience, especially like um, as a young kid, you know. Totally. Um, Sounds like a cl- sort of classic younger brother scenario uh, that you just get yourself into. It just, I mean, you would think it would be somewhat comp- competitive at times, but it was sure. like, no, like killer instinct. Like my brother, like, <laughs> you know, 150 hit combos with like orchid and stuff. Just, I'm just, you know, and, um, our parents oh. actually, uh, wouldn't let us play video games during the school year. So oh, they were whoa. like, take the video games. Yeah. Uh, That's I feel a long like time. I know it's like maybe an immigrant family thing or something where they're sure. just like, we want you to focus on school. So pretty much we could only play video games, um, you know, during like Christmas vacation or yeah. Thanksgiving vacation or like spring oh break gosh. or summer. And so when it was time to get it in, like especially during the summer, um, we would just go like nuts, like literally all day. Oh, I remember. I can um, imagine. Yeah, man. So it was I'm like, you know, when like the N64 came out, we had Mario Kart and me and my brother one time we were like, all right, we're going to play like the mini game battles, like first uh-huh. one to 100. 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so we, yeah, yeah, we got it in. Wow. That's so cool. Uh, and I can, I mean, like you were, you were just sharing, I'm so fascinated by the, the, the limited time that you had to play these games. Like you said, you took that chance to really play them because it was the only opportunities you yeah, were going to like have. Fiend, you're like fiending for them, you know? Yes. It's like Christmas break comes around. You're like, oh shit, this like, you know, for this week or week and a half or however long it is, um, I have to play it because the next time I'm going to play it is going to be like March. You know? Yeah. And you know, you go over to friend's house and stuff and like play, but like um, but having the access to it. No. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like a teenager. And then it's like, at that point, all my siblings were gone. My parents just like, don't die. Yeah. And you please. can do whatever you want. So yeah. So I just like had video games around me and stuff. Yes. Like. Oh, um, sounds like uh, I've heard I'm, I'm the oldest of two, but I feel like um, not even necessarily for my friends who are who are from a uh, family of immigrants, but just people in general, the younger siblings, by the time it gets to them, especially when there's like, you know, three, four, yeah, it's like, yeah. all right, think rules starting to get peeled away, yeah. a little more freedom. So that checks out. It's really it cool. Definitely did. Yeah. And they were just like, like all, yeah, all those restrictions. Just wow, gone. Do you, do you remember from from maybe that time, that period before you're a teenager and you have a little more autonomy, do you remember if there were was like a game or two that were like most special to you from those early days? Um, I mean, so like I was saying, we had like the Sega and we had like the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Um, and so I mean, I just remember. I mean, literally, I haven't thought about this stuff in so long, but um. Just speak talking about it right now, like it, some random games. This is not an impactful one, but I'm just like, That's okay. Do you remember Shaq Fu? Yes. <laughs> we used yes. to play. I just like. I just. I just. I just thought about the fact that like Shaq had a fucking fighting game. Um, yes. This is the first time it's getting mentioned on the show, and I gotta say, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It's, about it's so time. random, but um, I mean, I think honestly, the two big ones, if I were to say, like growing up, were probably um super mario world oh yeah and then killer instinct because like though i think those were the two games that my older brothers were like playing the most so in turn i of course was like playing the most and totally. um literally like as i'm thinking about it right now i just hear combo breaker exactly wake up in a in a sweat in the middle of night where'd that come from? oh man and just like all those memories flowing back and all the imagery of the because i have i honestly haven't played you know, that original killer instinct. Yes. Since I was a kid, but like just talking about it now, all the images are coming back and it's like, wow. it's pretty cool. That's very cool. Um, have you gone back on, cause you have, you have a Nintendo switch, correct? I do. Yeah. 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 Have you gone on the, on like the super Nintendo online thing and played super Mario world at all? I have not. So, well, so, Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say that option is out there for you if you want. If you if you uh, uh, sign up for a Nintendo Switch online subscription, which is, I think, $20 a year, mm-hmm. um, you can add a library of NES games and SNES games just mm-hmm. to your Switch for as long as you're subscribed. And uh, so that's the way I actually played Super Mario World all the way through for the first time. Wow. So, so if How you ever feel the, feel the need to revisit, it's out there for you. How was that experience? 
It was incredible. Yeah. Because I didn't have, and I've talked about this on the show a little bit, I didn't have a Super Nintendo growing up. We had an NES from the moment I was conscious playing the earlier Mario games. Mm -hmm. Um, Didn't have a Super Nintendo because I didn't know it existed. Um, And then I jumped to the N64. I Mm. played Mario World at my friend's house, but I never really... Got into it in 3D Mario's where 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 it was at for me because yeah, that's yeah, sort yeah. of where I uh, I guess cut my teeth as they say with Mario 64. Um, but it was it was wonderful. I feel like you were gonna say something though. Oh, I don't even remember. But you just made me think <laughs> about like talking about the uh, Nintendo store and getting random games. Yes. Um, for whatever I think so between sort of like Super Nintendo era and like when I got the N64. Yeah. Um, but this is back when like emulators and like ROMs were like super big. Um, yes, <clears throat> I would play like so many fucking games. Uh, oh yeah. On, so like Super Metroid, I've played through Super Metroid like multiple times on a computer. You know, on and I would like look up the walk with the keyboard. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that takes and, dedication. And that and like all the um, Mega Man X games, like the so super, and, like good. Mega Man and Base and all that stuff. Yeah, that's how I played X for the most part. Was on an emulator in like junior high. That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh that's man, so you're, cool. bring, you're bringing back all these memories. I love it. That's that's my one of my few jobs on the show is to do that to really just um, uh, really get that nostalgia cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to ask now. Uh, fr- you you sort of spoke on those teenage years where things start to open up for you. Um, one of the actually the reasons that I thought to ask you to come on the show was because we were talking in like September on Facebook Messenger about the the mario 3d collection that was coming yeah. out did you play like galaxy or sunshine i think we talked about this but yes. for the listener those games when they came out too i did with um sunshine so my cool. brother i think was the one that got the gamecube in the house and so nice you know the main games on that was like of course super smash brothers and totally. like mario tennis i want to say awesome and um as well as sunshine and like i played through all of Sunshine also did that it. with a walkthrough, collected all 100 shines oh, and whatnot. That game is uh, difficult, so like no yeah. shame at all. <laughs> oh, it took forever. Um, but and so I, yeah, when we were talking, I ended up getting the um, the collection with like the yeah, galaxy nice. and the sunshine. Because for years, I would like tweet randomly sometimes to be like, "Hey, Nintendo, when are you going to put Super Mario Sunshine on Switch? Because it's like such an amazing game." Yes. Um, and so I got it, and then actually, Nintendo's like, "Well, we gotta appease this guy on social yeah, media." Yeah, right, we got Who's this Ibanda Tuba who wants sunshine? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got it. You know, I have it here. Uh, but one of my Joy-Con controllers is kind of fucked up right now. It's drifting, and so it's drifting. And I just like because I've just been busy with other stuff. I haven't. I've been like, I don't want to spend seventy dollars on another Joy-Con. Yeah, but then also when you're doing the level with like. The little mini levels with the toy blocks and all that stuff. If you're and doing no that flood. with a drifting controller, yeah, no way, it's not going to happen. So no. I started getting super frustrated and mad at the game as I yeah. was playing it, and I was like, you know what? You either have to stop playing this for a second or buy a new controller. And I sure I stopped playing it for a second. But hey, you got to <laughs> make a choice, and that and that was the one for you. Uh, well, hot tip is that um, Nintendo. I believe they're still doing this. They may, they had a hiatus because of COVID, but because of this huge issue they have with the Joy-Con controllers, mm-hmm. um, 
if you do a little Googling, you can send it into Nintendo and they'll fix it for free. Mm. Um, so then hopefully you won't have to buy a new set. Um, or if you ever want to borrow a separate non-Joy-Con controller, I have a couple. So just just let me know. But You just gave um, me the idea of um, ordering the Joy-Con from Amazon, putting the old one back, and then sending it. You could, you <laughs> I could, could do, do that. that. You know, you could probably leave that out of the podcast or keep it in. You know, I'm probably going to do it anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, and you would deserve that, Amazon. You absolutely yeah, would. Yeah, you would. You would. Uh, that's, that's cool. I I remembered that little nugget from our discussion last, uh, late summer, early fall. Yeah. yeah. That was a while ago. Um, (laughs) but, uh, so I wanted to ask, um, I guess from that time, maybe up till this point, uh, were there any other games or systems that, uh, also meant a lot to you leading up to now from those like late teenage years? Um, or like, what's your gaming life like now? Do you play much video games anymore? I, I don't really, I mean, I go through phases. Um, yes. Uh, but it's funny thinking of like the in-between time. It's really big on guitar hero in high school, like me and like my group of friends. So we're like all up in that, you know, and, um, I just learned so much about like classic rock and like metal, (laughs) you know, all these songs that like. I necessarily wasn't listening to, but my friends were into, and then I just learned them through Guitar Hero. Um, these days, I feel like I go through phases. I had like before I moved to um, to LA, I had a I don't even know what Xbox it would be. What Xbox would it be in like twenty eighteen? Oh, uh, the w- Xbox One. Okay, yes. Okay, so I had yeah. one of those. Um, it was just clunky. And I was moving with a bunch of shit. And so I just like so- sold it um, back to GameStop or some shit. Very clunky. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what games I've played. I'm a big platformer guy for whatever reason. Nice. Um, so I think on like Switch, the I've played like Hollowhead and Cup. No, Cuphead, Hollow oh, cool. Knight. Yeah. Have you played nice. Hollow Knight? Yes. I've never, well, I've never played it, but it's like one that's Man. been on my list because it's like a Man. Metroidvania, right? Yeah, you should you should you should check it out. It's good, man. It's like very Dang. fun gameplay and like challenging, but not challenging to the point you get super mad, you know. Okay. Um it's great. And it's just like good storyline, great animation, like good world building and stuff. Yeah, it looks beautiful. Um I've played Celeste some too, but that Ooh, makes me I mad. Love that. that game makes me mad sometimes. It's especially if you're if you happen to have been working with one of those Joy-Cons at the same time. That was drifting. That was probably that what help. like messed up the Joy-Con. Like all the just yeah. like yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously though. Yeah. Yeah. That super notoriously difficult game. Um uh, it's so funny. So a handful of these we've talked about on the show before, whether it be like uh which this happens almost every time we talk about mm-hmm. uh guest histories, like well, I don't I don't know if you know Matt Apodaca, but he talked about oh, yeah, Guitar yeah. Hero nice. on like episode three, I wanna say. Uh, Madison Lanasey is also another UCB person talked about sunshine in, in the fall or no, in December actually. So just a lot. And then even Celeste, we did like a, I do a monthly co-op episode of the show where I have mm-hmm. like three people on. It's sort of like more of a group style. Like what did this mean to us sort yeah, of thing? Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, that, has been so much fun, which the last one we did was Turtles in Time on the NES or the SNES. I don't even know me. if I've ever played that. Oh, wait. Oh, you mean like Ninja Turtles? Yes. And, okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. I am familiar. I was just imagining random turtles in time, but no. 
Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty just uh, amphibian focused, um, which was, you know, not what we expected. No, it was, it was a lot of fun. And then the next one upcoming that I haven't recorded is on Wii Sports. So we're going to talk some Wii Sports pretty soon. Um, But anyway, uh, that was fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing about your sort of just general history uh, of games. I feel like that gives me a really good idea of, you know, your journey and what you've been through. Oh yeah. Oh Um, yeah. I've been through some stuff. (laughs) I love it. Uh, what I will do now is I'm going to call a break for us for our Patreon. And then on the other end of that, uh, we'll get into your history, which I don't even think I introduced it for us today or have you introduced it. Would you tell us what game we're going to be talking about later? Yeah, we're going to be talking about Resident Evil 5. Beautiful. There it is. I tried to get that in earlier, but I forgot this time. But they see it in the title, right? They do. They can read, hopefully. Hopefully, and if not, I there's I like an audio description, maybe. Yes, you know the title. Oh, they don't know it. Is. They'll know it either way. They'll know. It. Okay, I'm feeling better now. Uh, perfect. Well, uh, Ibanda, I'll see you on the other side of the break. Sounds good. My name is Jeremy Schmidt, and I host a podcast called Video Games, a Comedy Show. We pretend like we are morning radio DJs within the Mushroom Kingdom for exactly five minutes per episode before dropping it all together. We cover topics like our favorite video games to take on vacation, the birthday roast of Mario, favorite Desert Island PS2 games, and infinity more episodes. If you like to hold a controller and are prone to laughter, well then Buster, I've got hours of stuff for you. Check out Video Games, a Comedy Show anywhere podcasts can be found welcome back to call me by your game here of course to discuss resident evil 5 with ibanda ruhumbika welcome back to the show my friend thank you thank you good to be here i'm so glad um so as i told you before um we get into you know your personal history with the game what it means to you and all that jazz um i'm gonna dive into a little uh, history and context for us. Uh, so, and again, if you want to jut in at any time, please do. Otherwise, I'll just uh, share these three small paragraphs that I've got. So, uh, here we go. Resident Evil 5 uh, is a third-person shooter game developed and published by Capcom as a part of, you guessed it, the Resident Evil series. Um This isn't of the history and context, but this will be the third one we've talked about on the show. We had a friend uh, come on and talk about Resident Evil 2. We had a friend come on and talk about Resident Evil 3 Remake. Uh, Have you tried that one at all? The the one they came out last year? It's funny, the only ones I've played are five, and then I think I played six, maybe on like a switch or whatever whatever, like the first one would that was like available on nintendo switch but like a newer release well i think i played like a trial of that and the gameplay was really different from five and i was like fuck this this doesn't make sense Um, yeah not for me (laughs) no (laughs) cool i was i was curious um uh but this game was announced in 2005 and was released in march of 2009 for the xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 consoles, and for Windows in September of the same year. The plot involves an investigation of a terrorist threat by Bioterrorism Security Assessment Alliance agents Chris Redfield, and I actually don't know how to pronounce this name, but Shiva Alomar, 
it's and then Shiva. Shiva. Yeah. Um, oh, like uh, the guy says, like Shiva in the game. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, Shiva Alamar um, in uh, Kijuju, which, is, according to this, is a fictional region of Africa. Um, is Kijuju pronounced correctly, or is that pronounced differently? I don't know, but I will tell you that. Uh, wait, I, I'll, tell, I'll tell you. I'll remember to tell you this later. That's fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, I'm wondering. We'll probably get. We'll probably uh, get to it if it's what I'm thinking. But we'll we'll okay. see. We'll see. Because um, uh, it's the only thing I know about this game before actually doing research today. Uh, Chris in the game, Chris Redfield learns that he must confront his past in the form of an old enemy, Albert Wesker, and his old partner, Jill Valentine. The gameplay is similar to Resident Evil 4, um, but is the first in the series to include co-op gameplay. Some also consider it the first in the series to depart from the survival horror genre, and and they consider it to lean a little farther into more of an action-oriented scheme. Um, motion capture technology was used for the cutscenes, and it was the first video game to use a virtual camera system. Um what first when I read that I was like I don't know what a virtual camera system means mm-hmm. uh, because I would feel like that'd be a, around from before I did a little more digging and that means that when they're doing like motion capture on set um, they can look into a monitor and in real time it's like rendering some sort of rendition of like what the character models would look like from the motion capture yeah so that's what that refers to which is yeah pretty interesting um uh, in addition, several staff members from the original Resident Evil title also worked on this game. Uh, it was released to a mostly positive reception, but did incur some criticism for its gameplay and had complaints of racism, which is the thing that I knew about. That before is getting what into I was going to br- oh, bro, bro. It's it's D. Is wait, is the paragraph done? Because I want to. <laughs> I, before Almost. you before okay uh, no before okay but you could share now unless you want me to finish now nah, you got it man you got okay it. cool i'm sure i'll rant um, about it so. perfect uh well because i was gonna say i don't know about it so i'm 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 accused <laughs> of all all knowledge uh uh classic white guy so but here we go the last few things i wanted to share <laughs> was that uh um like i said this is the, i actually put in my notes which is the thing the, the only thing i've heard about the game uh the original release sold over 7.8 million units and it was eventually re-released for the PS4 and Xbox One with a special edition of the game selling over 4 million units, making it um, actually the best-selling game in the franchise at a little over 12.1. And like uh, you sort of hinted at earlier, the game was succeeded by the next game in the franchise, RE6. But I cede the floor. The time is yours. Uh, tell, oh. us, tell us about this and maybe <laughs> if you want to discuss like your perspective on it because I just learned a little bit from reading, but I haven't played the game. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start at the beginning, kind of jump for a sec. So, like I played this game. Um, it was like sophomore year of college, and my cool. roommate David was in the dorms. Um, he had an Xbox 360, and he had this nice. game. And so we spent so much time playing this game. But then I remember, like after college or whatever, when I had that Xbox One, yeah, um, I bought it again, and then I was playing it. And so you were talking about like whatever the fictional island is or whatever, you know? Yes. That <clears throat> so first of all, like I'm playing this game now at this point, you know, it's like what, some maybe five or six years later, you know? Sure. Um, and I noticed, so my parents are from Tanzania and they like, you okay. know, moved over here in the 80s. Um, and so in general, 
it's just like that game was kind of weird because he had like all these like uh africans and like grass skirts and whatnot but then i realized like a lot of their little ad libs and whatnot were in swahili which is like the language they speak in tanzania oh wow and so it, I, it was just like this little mind fuck where i was like wait this game is fucking weird <laughs> you yeah know? The, only, <laughs> the only like black characters are these fucking villagers and like little huts with snakes coming out of their necks and shit and they're yeah, just seriously. yelling random like and it threw me off the second time i played it where i was like hearing all these swahili phrases this time yes and then i was just like man this game didn't age well <laughs> yeah that's what that's in, i feel like you summarized most of what i had read about about that criticism uh it was sort of interesting to see because this all i mean this game like we said came out in 2009 mm-hmm. so a lot all the you know, I feel like we are really used to discourse about this stuff in the year 2021, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. after the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in 2009, I can't imagine what that would have actually been like to like witness this go down uh, in the games industry. Because if this sort of thing, I feel like would have happened now, this would have been a big fucking deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, And again, that's me. uh distancing myself from it having not played a game in the franchise or even this one but you hear that guys connor is is an ally he did not shoot the african zombies thank you uh (laughs) again kind of like you were saying i'm a good actor earlier if you could spread that around it's great 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 actor great great there thank you uh i guess the the reason i was talking about that was that um sort of reading a lot of the responses about it was people uh, seemingly being defensive about that, whether it's the developers or people who are in the games industry. So it's just really interesting. I feel like it would just be, you know, we have uh, the world in general uh, and media has a very different perspective now. So it'd just be interesting to see how that would play out. Um, yeah. Anything else you wanted to say about that? Or were you like, I'm. Oh, no, it's just, that. it's just funny because, <clears throat> you know, upon like rethinking about the game and whatnot that was like one of the first things that came to mind was like my replay of the game five or six sure. years later when i was like man i don't know if i'm gonna play through this game this is kind of yeah. wild and yeah, so i think really. i just put the game down and that was it but um the first playing of the game that was a more memorable uh experience with a lot more traction on it as far as like you know cool yeah awesome and that's seems like what we're going to talk about today um so since we got through the history and context, uh, let's uh, let's get into your history with the game. You were saying you played this with your well, maybe you didn't play it with your roommate David in college, but maybe you did. Um, oh, was his you Xbox? Go to we was it playing. in New York too? Yeah, I went to Juilliard. Oh, cool. You know what? I feel like we've talked about this before. Very tr- cool. You know, I try to not say it, but you know, it yes. is a fact. It is a fact. No, yeah, I studied um, classical tuba there, and so um, awesome. yeah, I was there like 08 through 012. Um, In the dorms the first couple of years. And David played trombone, was my roommate. Um, Was he David trombone on social media? uh I think he he bought it. He bought just David. All- <laughs> no, no, oh, no, David no, no. also yeah, got yeah, yeah. David. Yeah, no, that was wow. like, what a get. What a get. Huge get. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's incredible. No, yeah. So, um, wait, what was the question? I'm sorry. I guess where I want to start is like, how'd you uh, stumble upon this oh, game in the first oh, place? Oh, man. So, sophomore year was a, a wild year. I truly, like, that school in general just did like a number on me. I think. Um, sure. 
like four very miserable years. I, you know, I won't necessarily sugarcoat. It. I'm glad I went there, but it was like the first year, pretty rough. I remember I um came home from like for the summer and I didn't mm-hmm. play tuba for like a month and a half. I like didn't touch my tuba for wow. like a month and a half. And usually practicing every day. And my, my parents were used to me doing that growing up. And so like one day about a month in, my dad is just like, hey, are are you are you okay you have yeah bro, you know? <laughs> totally so, that uh, makes sense yeah man so first year kind of rough second year really rough year and then i was like Jeez. if it doesn't get better in the third year i think i'm gonna leave school third yeah. year marginally better and then at okay. that point i'm like you only got one more year left yeah <laughs> so that's how I'm glad it, went it was down. better though that's not that's not fun oh i mean you know in the moment of course you know, it was what it, but now I'm just like, oh, it was just an experience. And, you know, and I'm totally met a bunch of cool people there and stuff. But, um, yeah, so, so sophomore year, I'm still in the dorms. Um, and the way that the dorms work at Juilliard, it's like, so the main school is, um, like one floor above street level. And the okay. dorms are also one floor above street level. And there's like a little okay. skywalk, not even a big skywalk that connects the two. So, oh, cool. um, if you end up not sort of taking care of yourself or being too busy, you can go like weeks without touching the street level because you're just going from Whoa. like class to the dorm. I know it's so it's, it's such a mind back and forth. Yeah, I'm and seeing a montage in a movie where everything's moving too fast, and then we just see you walking slowly back and bro. Back that's and forth probably that's probably uh, live footage of my experience. <laughs> <laughs> but so so I definitely fell into that trap of a few times being like man, I haven't been on the street in like a week or two. Um, wow. But sophomore year, you know, chilling with my boy, David. And we had some, I guess, interesting, we had some interesting like set appointment viewing things. Like, sure. so um, very random, but like, I think I was on, it was on Wednesdays. We were like smoking the dorms, like smoke some weed in the dorms, you know, like try to like blow it through, you know, all the, ways of all the you know, tricks yeah, of the yeah, trade. yeah yeah through like um, a through like a laundry filter yeah, yeah 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 all that <laughs> shit um and then we would watch it was like a combination of like three shows it's like for the love of ray j okay flavor wow. of love and oh then uh and then jersey shore you were in it oh <laughs> my know. goodness i know and then the rest of the time we'd just be fucking playing resident evil 5 like <laughs> You know, I've always said that this game would pair perfectly with those three shows. Bro, it was so wild. I, like, I'm not even, like, today I'm not much of a reality person, but sure. we, honestly, we were so, because like, I think around that time, that was when, like, super trashy reality TV stars were, like, it was sort of, like, maybe either the heyday or, like, it was just starting to really yes. come to the surface. So, like. This is, like, 09, 2010. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Wow. Um, and so, yeah, we were so invested in that because I was like the, I think maybe the first season of Jersey Shore, like the second season, it was like in its infancy as far. So we were following along with the storylines. We saw Snooki get punched. We saw all the things (laughs) I know. It's like, I remember where I was when Kennedy got shot, but for you, this was when Snooki got punched. Yeah, when Snooki got punched. Um, Okay. (laughs) yeah and so amazing um when we weren't doing that we spent like just so much time playing this game um you know we weren't like in class or whatever um and you mentioned the co-op mode and so me and david would just be in there and like you know a couple of other friends would come in and play and 
the way the game is set up in the beginning, like when you first start out, like your main gun is not shit. You can't kill anybody with it. You like, okay. you have to shoot like even the most basic of um, African zombies. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like five or six times with this fucking, you know, yes. little um, pea shooter of a gun. And so I remember um, it's like in the first or second level, um, there's this really huge uh, dude who like looks like he's like 10 feet tall and he's like an executioner. Wow. He's like carrying around this humongous axe and like is wearing a butcher's apron pretty much um, yeah. that you have to, it seems like you have to kill him. And so we spent like a week or two trying to like get past the second level of this game. And it turns out you can just run by him and um oh okay yeah i know yeah yeah but uh yeah i'd love to know in that game i know i know so we 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 got it in on that game man wow um so like just the first part sounds like it was just like a real slog for you um do, do you remember even specifically how you ended up starting this game together or was it just like in a haze it's a game he had and you just started playing it i feel like david just bought i mean maybe he, I, don't, I don't remember but maybe he was like a fan of the other resident evil games or whatever but it was sure. like his xbox and he just bought it and so then it was like oh man that and i think he didn't even have that many games that was like the main game that we played because it wow. just was like fun and then also if you're like stone playing that game when they're like the the freaking um dogs without skin on chasing you and stuff it's oh, like yes it's intense but it's like thing. yeah um i remember when um i like those movies as well and i think i started watching the movies after i played the games oh interesting and so and then in some of the later movies i feel like maybe like the fourth or fifth movie the dogs are in the movie you know and yes. like the, and then i'm just like oh shit those are the those are the dogs from the, you know? <laughs> I've seen them before. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, so, uh, from what you can remember from, from that, uh, playing with David for through that first playthrough, um, as much as, you know, you can in your mind now separate it from what we have already discussed is problematic about the game. And we know, Oh yeah. No, I uh, just, it's just, it's just funny to be like that. Game, this game is wild, you know? Yes, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it's like watching even sometimes it it's, this is not the same thing, but it's like thinking about certain movies. Oh that, yeah, like, absolutely. You've loved. Yeah. And like, I'll go back and watch like, like one of my, and this, it's a, it's a different discussion, but I started watching Veep again last night. Mm -hmm. One of my, yeah. All-time favorite shows because I'm, that trying, show. I'm trying to write a show with the same tone. Um, hey, but, man, get on your I, David Mandel. Get on your or – no, your, what's his name? Iannucci? Uh, what's his name? I, yes, yeah, Iannucci, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I'm like, you know, I just want to like watch it, soak in the tone. And I think like legitimately within like the first three minutes, they say the R word like five or six times. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I know that they're depicting like these awful – hellish soul suckers mm -hmm. from washington dc but it's still like hmm okay uh it's just like i don't know how to process it so um i've and that's like so many so much media so it's like things change it's hard to judge things uh, but but that being said um we can only talk about your experience with it so oh, yeah for sure what do you remember like all that aside uh what do you remember like loving about the game or that experience of of playing with I mean, I think it was honestly um, 
just like such a communal experience because it was like pretty much yeah so david and then my other buddy sam and then my other buddy joe so it was pretty much all the um low brass players that were so oh, they, cool. they played trombone as well or they played trombone and i played tuba um and we were all in we all entered school into the same year so we were like pretty tight in general you know yeah. just going through the same experiences of course being at the school and whatnot and we would all just like hang there and play this game and especially before you like unlock unlimited ammo and all those sorts of things the game is a really difficult and hard game totally. and it like takes so much money to upgrade your guns mm-hmm. and to even find you'll be in certain many levels in the beginning and you'll like run out of ammo and stuff you know even with your little basic handgun and sure. so we would just spend so much time playing this game and get so like frustrated and mad with each other and then we'd like be like stoned and then be complaining and be like, you're not shooting that. No, Sh-, you know, yeah. <laughs> all those sort of vibes. Um, and so it was just like, it was like that. And then watching that reality TV show, I think that we just was one of those things that um, yeah. playing that game got us through like so mi- so much of our second year of school, just like blowing off steam and just like, you got to do something to sort of, unplug or like feel like a normal person and whatnot you know absolutely um i've got some questions that i that i that i want to ask about you know your group of friends and like and sort of what you were talking about right at the end there but i uh it's interesting to hear about the beginning of that game um and it sounds like you just like really just had to like learn how to play it and sort of get your butt kicked a little bit all of you to be like, well, if we're going to get through this first level of, or these first levels to finally move on and upgrade our characters, it sounds like it took a lot of work. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Cause it like, like I mentioned earlier, like the freaking, they gave you like, it might as well have been like a super soaker or some shit. Like the first gun that they give you truly terrible, could not kill yeah. anyone. Um, And so, yeah, it's, it was one of those things that was like, it just took so much effort to get past those first few levels. And then um, once you did, it was finally like, oh, my God, we made it past like level three or like level four. Like the game's finally progressing or I'm I'm seeing another cutscene, you know. Um, yes. And yeah, just building that up and like then you go back and replay levels so you can like get some more money to like maybe totally. maybe get a shotgun or maybe get a blah, 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 you know. That's. Uh, just like, you know, a lot of like on the ground floor, like almost like the beginning of college, just like figuring uh, it yeah. out. Oh, yeah. And oh, getting, yeah. That's that's cool. Um, I, I sort of do want to um, uh, pivot back to um, hearing about this group of friends because I'm I'm suddenly just so interested in this group of friends that you had. I think mm-hmm. you said from the lower brass crew. Um uh, Which is the official name of this of this group of friends. Oh, yeah. Lower, our our gang name. Our crew. gang name. I love it Um, because, you know, I think for a lot of us who went to school, we have in mind uh, our groups of friends. But if you want to share about this group and sort of, uh, you know, anything that was interesting to you about or any memories you might have from that year, these times hanging out, I'd love to love to hear about that. Oh, gosh. Which ones are the PG memory? No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) But so so pretty much so Juilliard is like under a thousand students and that's like undergrad graduate doctoral okay. students so it's like very tiny school yeah um, wow and like i mentioned earlier it's definitely a place that can like do a number on you and so it's like 
Yeah. It's almost like you're going to like war with the people that you go to school with as far as like that level of camaraderie or that level of mm-hmm. like um, understanding of the experience. And so with those three guys like Sam, David and Joe, we all entered, you know, we all started school at the exact same time. We yeah. were all low brass players, which means we had like shared more classes together than most. So like the way that school would work, um, you know, you have. So some classes you end up in with random people and stuff. And then there would be particular classes that would be um, sort of contingent on what instrument you play. So for mm-hmm. us, we had like a low brass seminar that was like taught by one of the trombone teachers. So like every Thursday we were in class together for two hours. And then okay. when you're doing like orchestra lab or something like that, we ended up in the same orchestra labs and then you end up in the same or So, you know, we just um, spent a whole bunch of time around each other. And Dang. just like kicked it a bunch. And our little common area of the dorms was very abysmal. It's pretty much like a little small little lounge area with yeah. a with a pool table and then a ping pong <laughs> table and like a couple of couches. And that was for like whole <laughs> dorms. Um, wow. But so we would spend a bunch of time there like playing pool and stuff. And then we would play ping pong sometimes and get our asses handed to us by there's like a good number of. <laughs> Chinese and Asian students. I was, I mean, but okay. there was particularly the Chinese like students that were whooping our asses at ping pong. Wow. But, um, so that was like the main, like little common area place to hang was, um, I don't even know what you would call it, like the lounge or whatever. Um, yeah. And we just spent so much time playing pool there, pool there together with like those guys in particular. Um, and just, you know, normal college stuff, just partying and just, um, yeah smoking and going to central park when it's snowing and all the, you know all those That's sort so of nice. things yeah yeah it was good times with those, those guys those are definitely some of the folks that like you know really helped hold things down throughout the course of like the school experience there sure sounds like it uh and you know it's it's unnecessary to compare every group of friends from like a school setting to harry potter mm-hmm. but it does sort of remind me in that in like in because when i went to when i went to college like my at least my personal best friends were never the people for the most part in my um area of study so yeah. like like my best friends there was i went to a went to a, a christian school out here um i went i was a you know, in the film program, nice. one of my best friends was like a, like a youth ministry major at another friend who was like a, a, a biology major. Mm-hmm. It was a, all around. So we were all really close, but we weren't necessarily with each other in every single class. We would try to take those like weird electives that like everybody has to take yeah, yeah. together, like sneak one in to like have a class with Jeff or Logan or whoever. Um, but yeah, for the most part, like we didn't, we weren't like with each other the whole time we'd come together, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day or whatnot, I mean, this um, is what happens when so- you go to a tiny ass school though, you know, it's like, you don't have as many options to do that. You know, it's like, well, you can be friends with someone who dances, someone who acts or someone who plays music. Those are your three yes. fucking choices. You know? <laughs> it's so Sounds it's like, like you're picking an RPG crew for like a video game. Yeah, it's like right, you're a dancer, right, yeah, you're a yeah. writer, you're whatever. Uh, yeah, so it was, it was, you know, very limited numbers. And um, yeah, yeah, I think, um, yeah, you don't have that much, I guess, as much diversity of the friend group, you know, in that sense. Because yeah. of like, 
those are like literally the three majors. And of course, they're like different instruments and different things and stuff within that. But yeah, everyone was just there to just do this art thing. That's really, that's really, really cool to hear about. Um, I was going to ask too, not, this isn't, you know, might not be important to, to this history for you at all, but I am, I'm just curious as someone who's been to New York for two separate weekends in my life, but, and like had the time of my life and is like obsessed with Manhattan just Mm -hmm. cause I was, you know, stoned and drunk the whole time I was there and it was DCM. So it was like all I could have ever asked for. Yeah, for sure. So I guess I'm just wondering, where is Juilliard uh, in the city? So <clears throat> Juilliard is like smack dab in Manhattan. It's in Lincoln Center. So 66th and Broadway, just like a okay, little yeah. bit uptown, you know, from like Times Square. Uh, yes. And I mean, it's I guess it's technically in the Upper West Side. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's it's smack dab in the middle of stuff. It's like, wow, there's, like it's like there's Juilliard and then there's the New York Philharmonic and then there's the Met opera and then there's yes. the new york city ballet and they're all on the same block as each other okay interesting cool again not necessarily important for what you're sharing i just like love to know i felt i was like i know how to get to anything in, in, in manhattan which <laughs> it was, took me several months to figure out how to use the subway i'm bad yes, i'm bad I, with directions and i remember my sister she came and visited me <laughs> um a few weeks into me being in the school and i think so she was like at a restaurant in maybe like in the fifties on Broadway. And I was, you know, school was like on 65th and Broadway. And I was just supposed to take the train down like one or two stops. Cause it's like sure. 10, 15 blocks away. Yes. Um, end up going on the wrong train in the wrong direction. And, oh no. and then have to turn around, go back. And it took like an hour to make a five minute trip. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I feel like I I understand how easily that can happen, though, because not only could, you know, you make a mistake like you did and just go on the wrong train the wrong direction, but you could also choose the right train the right direction, and when you're on, they'll be like, uh, just so you know, uh, we're going to actually be skipping the next three stops. Yeah, and that you're happens. Like, that okay, happens from time I guess to I'm time. going to, like, 130th, and I'm trying to get to, like, like, 100th or whatever it is that's that's as good as my stops are gonna get uh my stop references at least uh (laughs) you were close though you were close should have been uh 125th and 96th so you were like yeah you were very close you know those are like the major yeah that's nuts i think instinctually i like remembered what that change was because it was uh and as i do on the show i'll talk about myself um (laughs) uh, i remember specifically it was like the last night i was in New York for DCM, I left like the party space. I don't know if you, did you ever go to DCM in New York? I did, so it's, I only, I got like involved in improv in general, um, kind of late in the game. So pretty much sure. I, I used to, um, work at the late show with Stephen Colbert. I oh, was cool. in the house band for that for the first like no three way. seasons. Yeah. Um, I've always loved comedy and stuff. And I think being there definitely reshifted focus, like, you know, Definitely towards acting as well because I used to act when I was younger. But I think maybe like it was like our holiday party, um, and then I was talking to one like the EPs of the show, and I was just like, "Hey, I want to like be more involved in comedy, and I like want to be doing stand up and want to be doing X Y Z. What should I do?" And he was like, "Well, you should start doing improv." Um, yeah, and so that was kind of how like I got started with it, and so that was like twenty. 16 or 2017 or something like that maybe and then i was like going through the courses of the classes and then Mm -hmm. um 
So I missed all of the DCMs, you know, even whatever yeah. the last one that was in New York a couple of years ago, whenever that was. Um, yes. Yeah, I just, yeah, I wasn't like steeped in the community to that point to be like, I didn't know like who most of these names who I know now, you know, as far as like groups you would want to see or in performers you would totally. want to see. Um, I'm just like, I don't know these people. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. That That is that is cool to hear from you on that too. Um, uh, but yeah, that's, so I just remember it for me, it was like leaving the party space, uh, which was like near, uh, um, near, uh, Madison square garden Yeah, yeah. and getting on a train needing to get off between those two stops. I want to say, or, or maybe I can't remember exactly what it was. And then it was, it was also like 2am or something mm-hmm. crazy late. And I got off so much farther because they just were like, yeah, we're not stopping there. And it was like, oh no. Um, anyway, not important. Uh, but I guess, um, I lo- I've loved, uh, hearing about, you know, especially just about your camaraderie with this crew. I feel like that seems to me like what is, was like really special to you about playing this game. Um, was there, um, was there anything um, that you didn't get to share about about this game that you really enjoy, like any aspects of the game, because I want ma- want to make sure I leave space for that if there is. I mean, I just feel like it was it was a well made game, you know. Yeah, I just feel like as far as the level of difficulty and like the world building and the cutscenes mm-hmm. are very were very like cinematic. Um, I think yeah. it was like around that time when they were starting to do like longer cutscenes of like maybe two oh, minutes sure. three minutes you know and like the with some like decent cinematography behind it and stuff and just like so following that storyline and then um everything just seemed so epic and it was probably made to seem more epic by the fact that the majority of the time we were playing this game we were stoned um yes <laughs> but uh yeah, I just remember all the like the creatures and like freaking fighting mm-hmm. Wexler, like the dude with the glasses. Um, yeah, and then even seeing him in the movies, I definitely had another one of those mo- moments where I'm like, "It's the dude from the game." <laughs> <You know>? Yes, <laughs> that's great. Um, but it was just a fucking fun game, and just like I like even just thinking about it now, I can just remember all the random stuff and like the flash grenades and the acid mm-hmm. grenades and. Those freaking skinless dogs. And um, yes. I just remember when I finally, because I forget what the hack is, but or maybe you get like a certain amount of money and then you can, um, or I think if you beat the game on some difficulty or something like that, then you can unlock unlimited ammo or something. Okay. So after we had played through it Makes like sense. once or twice, um, we had unlimited ammo and then there's like a gun. I think it's called like an Eagle or a, a Magnum or something like something sure. like ridiculous, like, you know, handgun that's like the size of a shotgun um, that I did a playthrough of the game with that and then with unlimited ammo. And then that was just really fun because you're just like, you go up to that 10 foot butcher dude again. Now you just like shoot him once. Bye and he's bye. like, yeah. don't got to avoid yeah, him this time. No. And just like the dog. Mm, how things like, have changed. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> but it honestly took um, like we played that game like our entire sophomore year and just. Um, wow. And then I got to the point where. I think after we had beaten it as a group, I would just be like bored in the dorms, just like playing it by myself. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Um, that's that's so cool. Uh, I'm glad we allowed a little extra space to hear about the the a little more of the game from you. Um, 
Well, it, it it also feels like we've just gotten here here a lot, so I don't want to press for too much more. But if you wouldn't mind, before we move on to some fun end of the show segments, would you mind wrapping up like your feelings about like uh, what this game meant to you, and maybe this uh, in like in the context of this group of friends, or just whatever it uh, you know stands out to you right now? Yeah, I mean, I feel like my my second year of college. One of the toughest years sort of of my life. I would like, I'll say yeah. that, you know, and, and and I think oftentimes when you're really in the woods or going through it, the people that hold you down, the friends that are there, your sort of support system, there's like, it adds even more to that, like that level of camaraderie. And the fact that like, yeah. I feel like all of us in our own ways were individually going through it as well, you know? And Definitely. so when you're just all like, man, this shit is, is messing us up, right? But to do that together with a group of people, you yes. know, and to like push through things and sort of support people in that way was just like, I think really cool and really fun. And the fact that the things that we sort of bonded over were so rant. It was like playing pool yeah. and playing this video game and watching really crappy reality television, you know, yes. but we did so much of and freaking getting. Um, Did you ever get uh, what's it called? Chicken and rice, like from the halal guys. No, I uh, never have. So we used to um, get that. So the the main one, they have like brick and mortar stores now, but the main one um, was on 54th and 6th. So I'm like maybe from like Juilliard, like a 20-ish minute walk or something like okay. that. And so, um, you know, it's just like chicken over rice with like white sauce. Yeah. Um, very good. Very unhealthy for you because it's like super greasy and super like decadent. Yeah. But we would go there all the freaking time because um, it was like six dollars. And, you know, like six dollars for a huge platter of food for some college Probably students. Pretty like, good, too. Oh, yeah, that was great. It was super tasty. <laughs> um, but we would go there so much. And I just remember we would also. So um, with all the symphony concerts, they have this thing called stubbing, which is pretty much so like when an orchestra concert is happening, like. A lot of the people that are there that are just like rich people that are there to be like, I went to see the symphony tonight, you know, yes. after usually the first piece, which is usually some like um, the first like half of the program, which is like maybe a new piece. And then it'll be like some um, like some contemporary piece. And then it'll be like, oh, some Mozart or some Brahms or something like that. So at intermission, they'll just be like, I've checked off the box of going to the symphony tonight. Yes. And so they leave then they like leave the concert completely. And so what college students would do is we would stand outside at intermission and then just be like, hey, are you leaving the concert? And then you get the ticket and then you would see what is usually like the piece with like more brass, or the bigger piece. It would be like your Mahler's or your Stravinsky pieces or your blah, 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 you know. So that's how we would often see the majority of the shows because it's like we didn't wow. have, you know, like a bunch of money to go, you know, totally pay to go to Carnegie Hall like every you know, week or whatever. Um, but I remember one Chicago symphony was in town and um, this, the tuba player in there, Gene Bacorny is like big deal as far as like brass world is concerned. And like just their, their brass section and whatnot is a big deal. I don't remember what piece they were playing, but you know, the four of us sure. went there. Um, and then after the show, and this was like, it was cold that night. I was like maybe in the thirties or something like that. Um, if not colder, <laughs> uh, we got chicken and rice. And then you can you can usually stand by the stage door and wait for like the musicians to come out and just like talk with them for a little bit, you know. Oh, cool. And so we wanted to wait and talk with Gene. And this motherfucker took so long to, to come <laughs> out. 
like honestly like 30 or 40 minutes and we're just free. he's playing resident evil 5 Bro, with his friends man in the it was rough man and we we're like all freezing you know none of us have like fancy yes. winter coats at this point so we're just freezing our asses off and then he finally comes out and then we're just like hey we just want we're students at juilliard we just wanted to meet you and stuff and he's like oh, okay cool nice to meet you well bye have a good night. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's what can you do but laugh Bro, now? And our, that's our so feet, funny. our toes were so cold, and it was like, oh my god. But yeah, just yeah, that was the crew, man. Those are the homies. That's so cool, dude. Well, thank you so much for sharing not only about your experience with the game, but diving into you know your friendship with those guys and what you know. Even though it was a tough year, I'm so glad you had them um, because I I can really resonate with that. I mean, even in the year we've had now, it's like. It, even though you know it's not the same to be on a Zoom with a friend or mm. like just texting someone, but that does go a long way. So um, I'm glad you had them when you did. That's really fantastic. Definitely. Um, uh, so thank you again. Uh, but to close out the show, we'll of course uh, hit a couple of fun segments uh, that I always do at the end, beginning with the fact me. By your game segment. Uh, now, this Ibanda um, is a segment I always do based on, of course, the game that you chose, which is Resident Evil Five. Mm-hmm. And this could be anything from I could share Easter eggs with you, development history, all sorts of stuff. Today, I've got two facts. The first one I have titled "Afternoon Delight," um, which I got from Wikipedia. Unfortunately, has nothing to do with the real thing, um, <laughs> but. Uh, Resident Evil 5, unlike all previous games in the series, takes place almost uh, entirely during the day. Um, And apparently this was done for a few reasons. Uh, The game's uh, developers have said this was done for a combination of the game being set in Africa. There's not really elaboration on that. There is nighttime in Africa. I just want to say that for yeah. the podcast listeners, whoever the, you know, there's both day and night exist um, in Africa. <laughs> Again, another issue with the developers not really knowing what they're getting themselves the into. Racist ass weather synopses, you know, God damn. Yes. It, and that's the thing we're most concerned about yes, is that the that weather, out the, the, the depiction of weather in video games. Yes. Uh, you'll see us in, uh, in social court uh, developers. But um, <laughs> the other reason was that. There have been so many advances uh, and such significant advances in hardware uh, improvements that this allowed for just significantly more detailed graphics. So uh, the old games, you know, the darker the image Mm -hmm. and the darker the environment, the less detail that's going to be seen. But now they're like, we want to take advantage of this. So I thought that was a little interesting. Um, The second one is that I don't know if you've ever, have you ever played a game called Dead Rising? I'm familiar with it, but I've never played it, no. Yeah, so it's a it's a game where if, if the listener hasn't um, isn't familiar, uh, we have actually covered it on the show before. It's another another zombie game uh, done by Capcom, same developer, and there are actually a handful of Easter eggs. Um, so I got this information from the Ink Ribbon YouTube channel on uh, Ten Resident Evil Five Facts, but um, there are, like I said, a handful of Easter eggs um, to. Dead Rising in this game. So in chapters one and one and two one, you can spot a sign for uh, Keniston Express, which in Dead Rising is the company that the main character develops his camera film at. Um, his name is Frank. Uh, there's also a poster for a music album by Paula Hopkins, which can be seen in the Dead Rising Mall, Willamette Mall. And lastly, um, there's also a newspaper you can see a little later in the game 
um, that it's, it's on a table, but if you like focus your camera mm-hmm. on it, it's called the Willamette journal, which references the town and mall from dead rising. Uh, so some cool Easter eggs. Um, that's it for the fact me by your game section. And we'll move on to the game recommendations. Uh, and as I tell my guests every week, Ibanda, this is my one forced tie in to the movie. Call me by your name. This is how I'm going to justify nice. the naming of my show. Hey, but check it. Check, I was actually, I've been thinking about this honestly, since like 10 minutes into the call. Um, Ooh. do you now that the little Nas X song Montero is out? Do you now yes. hear that, like, you know, call me by your game, you know? Uh, all the I, time. I know. That's, 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 <laughs> and I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I'm actually, you know, hoping that uh, he'll he'll do a rendition for yeah, us. Someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll be sure to I'll be sure to reach out. Yeah, to his management or like whatever. Happen. Yeah. I think he, didn't Shouldn't he leave a issue. review on the pod? Like, oh yeah, he yeah, did. Oh, but it was negative I think, and it just talked about your mustache. So that's why we didn't talk about it on the show. That's, that's who you were referring to earlier. <laughs> yep. Uh, another person we'll see in social court. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. We support you. We love you. Um, so this, basically this recommendations, I'm going to treat uh, Resident Evil 5 as your, uh, as your passionate love interest for the summer, mm. kind of like in the movie, but like the movie, um, you're eventually moving away from that love interest and you're going to pursue others. Um, so, uh, and also like real life, I found myself wondering who does th- this character, t- uh, the person who Timothy Chalamet portrays, who does he date next? Is it someone exactly like Army Hammer's character? Is it a total rebound that you wouldn't expect? Or is it someone um, uh, out of left field? So that's what these are sort mm-hmm, of based on. Mm-hmm. Um, the first recommendation is if you want a less scary zombie game, um, I'll recommend Plants versus Zombies. So a oh, lot okay, more yeah, playful, yeah. more of a more of a team atmosphere game. Um, it's funny you actually rec- you actually re- reference this game way early in the show. If you want another terrifying, difficult co op action shooter, I was going to recommend Cuphead to you. So there we are. It's fun. Um, it's fun, man. And and lastly. Is if uh, you're just like, you know what, for you, what really stood out, you're like, no, I like that this was the fifth game in the series, and it's in the scary <laughs> franchise. Um, I'll recommend another to you, and that is Silent Hill Origins, which was on the PSP. Might be able to get it somewhere. Who knows? Mm. Um, but those are my recommendations based on Resident Evil 5. That'll wrap up the game recommendation segment. And Ibanda, that will actually bring us to the end of the show um so we finally we made it here we did. It was a journey we did oh my um, god uh i'm very proud of of both of us uh but yeah just wanted to thank you again for coming on this has been yeah, this was fun nice man. Of, thank you you know it's it's been really cool not only to hear not only to catch up like like i say to my guests every week this is it's so nice to get to talk to someone i haven't seen mm-hmm, in so long mm-hmm. um and i'm just like man i can't wait to see this person again but also hearing about your experience was really cool and unique. So thank you for sharing today. Absolutely, man. It was great to be here. I'm glad. I'm so glad. Um, on your way out, even though you plugged a little earlier, would you like to um, plug anything uh, as well? Like any reminders for our for our listeners? Uh, I am at Ibanda on all social media, Twitter, um, Instagram, I-B-A-N-D-A. Uh, OnlyFans? No, not on OnlyFans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... 
that's pretty much it yeah like look out for those comedy central digital shorts i'll be posting them um on my instagram probably whenever they come out and that's it just catch me in these streets i love it uh again i'll put that in the show notes uh and i'll close this out with some plugs of my own uh the cover art for call me by your game is done by glenn J. you can find him and his other amazing work at at glenn with two n's dot j-a-y on instagram uh again if you want to support us if you had a good time today if you like uh hearing me talk about video games you're gonna like what you find over at super npc radio again that's at patreon.com slash super npc super npc radio i'll make sure i say that clearly this show is produced by the great jeremy schmidt you should check out his show video games a comedy show which uh oftentimes which releases on mondays where you get your shows but also streams on fridays usually close to six but if you check our socials you'll see that update from week to week um so if you want to catch us live you can check us out there um at uh, twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69 which is my twitch channel i also stream some zelda stuff throughout the week as far as zelda games club this year and then i am at connor underscore mccabe on social media that'll do it for this episode of call me by your game we'll see you on the next one i saw